0: Well, I always like this feast day, especially because I get to use props. So we've got our three kings set up. I was actually worried, considering the weather we've been having, whether the three kings were going to make it. But it looks like they've they braved the elements and they're here, they've arrived. So, um, in general, the, the idea of the Feast of the Epiphany is that this is Christ's coming not just for the Jewish people, but for all the nations. Okay, and So right from his birth... We see that purpose of his being fulfilled in in a representative manner in the three uh, uh, magi. Now, there's this idea of the magi. um, There's a nice sort of combination, an interesting combination of scripture and tradition, of history and legend. So there is um, uh, a historical core, and you know what we read about with these guys in the Bible. But what we're looking at here with the three uh, particular kings, it's a lot, lot of it is, is legendary. But it's reflective of the Old Testament passages that we've heard today. And there's a lot of meaning to it. So I'm going to kind of talk about the meaning of some of the legends behind the Magi. We have um, our psalm today, and it was our, our uh, uh, prayer meditation. It mentions kings coming from three different places. Kings of Tarshish, kings of Arabia, and kings of Seba. And that's actually the text that's the origin behind the idea of these three different kings and where they're coming from. Now, it's a little bit difficult to pinpoint those places exactly geographically, but generally it's believed, at least in the tradition it's come about, that Tarshish is Europe. It's in Europe somewhere. Okay? And that Arabia, well, we know where that is. That's not difficult. That's in the east. That's that's representative of the continent of Asia. And then Seba, again, a little bit hard to target, but generally in the tradition it's thought to be associated with Africa. Now, in the ancient world, those three continents were thought to be the entire world. Okay, We we know there's North and South America, Antarctica and Australia nowadays, but back in the biblical uh, times, they understood basically you've got Europe, Asia, and Africa, and that's the entire world. So we've got three different kings from these three different continents representing the entire world. And that's uh, the meaning of that is that Christ came for everybody. And last year I spoke about the symbolism of the gifts that they've brought to Christ. And I'll kind of just do a quick review over, over that, and then I'll, I'll talk about some, some practical application uh, of the meaning of the gifts. Our song, this traditional hymn that we sing, that we sung in our procession, uh, is, uh, we three kings is, uh, captures the meaning, the traditional meaning of these gifts in a very beautiful way. So you've got the, the first king who generally, you know, Tarshish, okay, so I'm gonna, if Teresa doesn't mind, I'm gonna grab these out, okay, just to show you your props. That's why I like, I like homily props. So this guy, uh, Casper, he brings gold, okay, and he's, he's from Europe. Now we've got that verse in the song, it says, born a king on Bethlehem's plain, Gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. So the gold that he brings to the infant Jesus is a symbol of Jesus' status as king, of the nations, as Messiah. Okay, so that's Casper. Now we've got uh, Melchior. And Melchior is a... Oh, and by the way, Casper is supposed to be kind of like the old guy, too, so not only is it these kings representative of all the nations, but they're representative of different age groups, too. So... Casper's supposed to be the old-timer. Melchior, um, uh, the Arabian dude, he is supposed to be middle-aged, like myself. Okay, So he's about 40 years old, like me. And he brings uh, incense, frankincense in particular. So his verse here in our hymns, Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, all men raising. Worship him, God most high. So incense owns a deity nigh. Meaning, incense signifies or has to do with the fact that God is near to us. So, understanding that Jesus is king of the nations, represented by the gold, but also the incense signifies that Jesus is God Almighty come into our midst. Okay, and then finally we've got our African gentleman here by the name of, uh, okay, let's see here, what's his name now? His name is Balthazar. Okay, okay. So he says, Myrrh is mine. Its bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. And so myrrh is what you prepare uh, someone someone's body with to be buried. And this is what was used with Christ's body in his burial after his crucifixion. So it signifies Christ's uh, death on the cross. And also the fact that for him to die, he's got for he's gotta be human, okay. It implies that he's human. So we've got Christ's kingship, his deity, and his humanity, and his suffering and death and crucifixion and sacrifice, all wrapped up in in the symbolism of these gifts, very in a very beautiful manner. Now, as far as the practical application, what are these gifts, how do they speak to us as Christians, as how we need to live? Our lives and how do the three kings in general and all the symbolism around them speak to us as to how we should be living our lives as Christians? Well, first off, the kings come from very far different, uh, distant places, and they come from very different places. Okay, so uh, and that's reflected in the first stanza of our hymn. It says, "We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts, gifts." We tra- we traverse afar. Okay, we come from afar. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. There's actually a lot in that verse of things that we can reflect upon. I think people who are uh, faithful, mass attending Catholics, um, who live good lives, generally good lives, can be can be tempted to not necessarily they do, but they can be tempted to maybe look at others. Who are, seem to be kind of far away from God, they can kind of look down upon it. Okay, we can be tempted, I can be tempted to to look at someone who is, uh, by all appearances, far from God because they don't bother to attend any kind of religious service or whatnot. And they live their lives maybe in a way that's not exactly in conformity with the gospel. And uh, there's a kind of be a temptation to kind of say, well, look, you know, those sinners, those bad people, you know, they, they, you know, and you kind of despise them and you look down upon them. But what we learn about the, uh, the, the desire of Christ when He comes on Epiphany is that He comes for those who are far away. Okay, He comes not just for the near, for those who are religiously observant, but He comes also for those who are far away. Of course, He calls them near so that they would change and repent. But in any event, He comes for all people. Those who are far as well as those who are near to Him and near to God. And then also the diversity that we have. We've got all these different ages, right? Casper is supposed to be the old-timer. He's at 60. Okay, I don't know if that's so old, but anyways, that's the tradition. Okay, well, you know, Malkior is a middle-aged guy and then Balthazar is the young dude, okay? So we've got all the different age groups represented as well. And uh, that teaches us that as Christians, we need to be open and accepting for all different people, all different ages, okay? And uh, with the kids today at uh, St. John's, I'm going to do kind of a homily for just the kids. And uh, one of the things I'm going to say to them is, okay, so are we better than people from Africa, Hopefully the kids say, no, 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 we're all, God loves us all. Hopefully they they give the Christian response. I'll have to correct them if they if they say, yeah, we're a lot better than people from Africa. <laughs> and then I'm going to ask them, well, okay, now are we better than people from China? No, 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 no. What about, are we better than people from lions? <laughs> That's going to be a real challenging one, okay? Okay. <laughs> So hopefully we can get them to say, no, I guess not. We're not better than people from the Okay. So the idea here of all this kind of diversity is that we need to accept all the differences that Christ came to recognize and call into the unity of his church. And then finally, again, going back to the first stanza of our beautiful hymn, it says, We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star." Now, they came from afar and they put a lot of effort into their journey. Put a ton of effort into that. So, putting aside all legend, putting aside all humor, uh, the, the Magi really did come from a, a long distance to see the Christ child. And, uh, they had to leave behind their comfort zones, their conveniences, and they had to make a real effort and make sacrifices to come to see the Christ child. And that's represented in the myrrh. That represents sacrifice. So we see that as disciples of Christ, when he calls us to him, oftentimes, or at least sometimes, we've got to make an effort and we've got to face things that would be maybe inconvenient for us, something that goes against the grain of our natural inclinations, our desire for ease or comfort or whatnot. So following Christ is not necessarily easy or convenient and this also we learn uh, when we meditate upon the lives of the of the Magi and upon the feast of the Epiphany.